comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. privilege to come before him is our online thanksgiving service all through the month god has been gracious to us god has been merciful he's kept us he's preserved us our going out and our coming in has been blessed and we have assembled before him on this sunday to give him praise and glory wherever you are i would like you to lift up your hands and say thank you jesus Father, we thank you this morning for your love, for your mercy. It's about your mercies we are not consumed. For your compassion phase, not they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to assemble before you again. The Bible says they go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeared before you. Thank you that having come before your presence, we are not returning the same. Bless our lives. Whisper, send us your word with understanding and revelation. I yield my members to you. I pray for clarity of thoughts and understanding. Let your word go forward with precision and accuracy. Let it be a blessing to every hearer. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Spirit of God, for your help and your assistance. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. I want you to share the video. Go ahead and invite friends. Start a watch party and get people to be blessed. This is a word for this nation that you need to share with as many as possible. We thank God we've been focusing on a series of teachings, broadly captioned, understanding the times. And our text has been from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write to you. Of the times and seasons. Of the times and seasons. And then in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, it says, And of the children of Issachar which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200, and all their brethren were at their command. And then, of course, in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, it said, to everything there is a season, at a time to every purpose under the heaven. Then he goes ahead to list the different times and the different activities that accompanies it. It simply establishes the fact that when we know the right time, we can undertake the right activity. And when we don't, we are not able to discern the right time, we will also not be able to do the right thing we need to do and we may end up as casualties. But in this season of COVID-19 pandemic, I declare that you will not be a casualty. 
That's why I'm sharing God's wisdom with you, sharing God's thought with you, so that week after week, you will know the right step to take. You will know what to do with your life, what to do with your time, what to do about your loved ones, so that you and your family shall be saved. I have no doubt in my heart and in my spirit that all through this season, no member in this faith house family shall be a victim. Everyone shall be supernaturally preserved starting with you. In the name of Jesus, everyone tune into this broadcast. I prophesy to you and your family across the nations of the world. And I decree safety for you. I decree health and wholeness for you. In the name of Jesus. In the book of Matthew 16, Jesus was concerned that the Pharisees could look at the weather and read it. But they couldn't tell the times. It will be a disaster. When it's raining season and you are operating as if it's a, a dry season. And in these times, we need to understand the time. So we started by looking at what time. The question we've been seeking to answer in every service is what time or times are we in? And we started by saying that we are in the time of life. Then, of course, last Wednesday, I taught on time to own your health time to own your health and in that service i sought to establish the fact that we must accept personal responsibility for our lives and for our health africans generally uh, can be sometimes very irresponsible and so we need to accept personal responsibility for our health we are in a time of national crisis it's a health crisis it's a health pandemic and everybody must accept responsibility. We can't live our lives carelessly like we used to. We can't go about our normal duties like we used to and think that we will come out and skip. But as we accept personal responsibility, observing the protocols that are required of us, I see God by wisdom and by faith keeping you and your family alive. In this service, I want you to come with me to Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 24, Acts chapter 4, verse 23 to 24. And let's read from God's word together. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported to all the elders and chief priests and said unto them, When they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. They lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Now, if you are a student of the New Testament or a student of the book of Acts, you realize that before this incident that has been recorded for us was the healing of the man at the beautiful gate. After he was healed by the miraculous power of God, the Bible said that the chief priests, the religious establishment of the day, called for Peter and the rest of the disciples and threatened them not to preach anymore in the name of Christ. But when they came under threat, the Bible said they took a certain step. And that is what I believe that we also need to learn from them as a nation, as a people, as families in this season. When they realized that they were under threat, look at what the Bible says. The Bible says when they heard the threat of issued by the religious establishment, they raised their voice to God with one accord. The word one accord symbolizes unity. And I'm speaking this morning on the time for national unity. What time are we in? I believe we are in a time of national unity. Look at what the Bible has to say about unity in Psalm 113 and verse 1 to 3. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is. For brethren to dwell together in unity. How good, 
how pleasant it is for Ghanaians to dwell together in unity. How good, how pleasant it is for NDC MPP to come together in this time of national crisis. How good, how pleasant it is for families, all tribes to unite together around the Ghana flag at this time in national unity. He says, it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirt of his garment as the dew of Hammon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. For there God commands his blessing. Amazing. This shows us unity is powerful. Anywhere people are united, anywhere people are one, they don't have to invite God. God appears there. And I see God appearing in our nation as we come together as one people, one nation with one common destiny. I see God step into our affairs and I see God heal our nation and not just our nation, but as the nations of the world, the leaders of the world come together to find a lasting solution to this global problem. I see the wisdom of God released to bring liberty and healing to the nations of the world. There is much less power in unity. God's word helps us to appreciate the much less power in unity from the very first book of the Bible. In the book of Genesis, we are told in Genesis chapter 11 verse 1, and the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. The whole earth was of one language and of one speech. He says, at one time, all the nations of the world, they spoke the same thing. They were of one language and of one speech. That talks about unity. Now look at that. Verse 4 to 7. King James. He says, And they said, Now these people were one. And they said, Let us build up a city and a tower. Whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make us a name. Lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. Now, take note. I told you earlier that where people unite, they don't have to invite God. They don't have to pray to God. God comes. Unity attracts God. Which the children of men builded. When they united, they were going to build something. God said, I have to go down and see what you are doing there. And the Bible says, and the Lord said, behold, the people is one. And they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them. Which they have imagined to do. Look at it. Unity makes people unstoppable. Unity makes people simply unstoppable. Undefeatable. And I see you becoming undefeatable. You and your family shall be undefeatable. In the mighty name of Jesus. You are coming out on top of this virus. You are coming out of this crisis. You are coming out more than a conqueror. In the mighty name of Jesus. There is so much power in unity. And I believe that if there is anything we can do as a nation. It is to unite in these times. This is not the time for us to be playing partisan politics. This is not the time for us to be playing tribal cars. This is the time for us not to play racial cars or class cars. This is the time for us to know that we are one common people with one common destiny. And as we come together around the flag of our nations, as we come together calling upon God, I see God step in and bring healing and solution to our nation. Why do I think 
Or why do I believe that this is the time for us to unite as a nation? I believe that it's time for us to unite as a nation for a few reasons. One is because we are all confronting a common enemy. The COVID-19 pandemic is our common enemy. It's the enemy of NDC. It's an enemy of MPP. There is nobody... This COVID does not know, has no regard for the tribe you belong or the class you are. You may be a professor, it doesn't care. You may be an illiterate, it doesn't care. You may be a cobbler, it doesn't care. You may be a carpenter, it doesn't care. You may be the president, it doesn't care. We have seen since this infection began, we have seen that nations, great people in society have been affected. Low people in society have been affected. Small people in society have been affected. Prime ministers have been affected. Royals have been affected. Ordinary people have been affected. So you see, it has no regard for anybody at all. It doesn't. It doesn't look at your face whether you are NDC, MPP before it attacks you. That's why we need to come together as one people. We are confronted with one common enemy, COVID-19. And for us to defeat it, we need to come together. We have a common enemy. The Bible says, when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise a standard against it. And the Spirit of God raise standards when people come together in unity and we engage the forces of the Holy Ghost. So it's important that we understand that we are confronted with a common enemy. It's an enemy of the nation and it's an enemy of every people, everyone. Number two, we need to be united because it takes unity to make our vision of defeating the virus a reality. If you are going to defeat COVID-19, then we need to come together as one people. We need to be united. It takes unity. The Bible says when the, the people came together, God said, hey, the people is one. And that which they have begun to do, no one can stop them. In other words, when we come together, we are also empowered to do that which no one can stop us. The virus cannot stop us. The COVID cannot stop us. As long as we work together, we learn to come together. Nurses come together. Health professionals come together. Nobody is acting superior over the other. We all work together as a team. I see defeated in this nation in the name of Jesus. Number three. We need to come together because we are much stronger in unity against the pandemic than otherwise. If we decide we are going to fight it on the ticket of NDC, we'll lose. If we decide we are going to fight it on the ticket of MPP, we'll lose. But when we come together as one people, we are much stronger. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse number 9, he said, two are better than one. For they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe unto him that is alone. When he falls, he has not another to help him up. That's why it's important that we come together. One shall chase a thousand. Two shall put ten thousand to flight. And this is our season. This is our moment for us to come together as one people. Number four, I believe that we are in the season of national unity. Because there is no disunity in death. There is no disunity. I like to describe death as the great leveler of humanity. Death is a great leveler of humanity. Death equalizes all of us. Death puts all of us on the same platform. There is no way, there is no man who says he's so rich that when he dies, he wants to be buried in the sky. No matter how rich, how great you are, when you die, you'll be buried in the earth. 
the rich is buried in the earth. The poor is buried in the earth. The president is buried in the earth. The, the, the commoner is buried in the earth. The royal is buried in the earth. Everybody, once we die, we are all placed on the same level. And this disease is looking after you, is looking for you, is looking for me. All it wants to do is to annihilate your life, to deny the, your family the pleasure and the opportunity of enjoying fellowship with you and your company is to deny you the ability to fulfill God's purpose and program for your life. That's why we need to stay alive. How do we stay alive? We can stay alive when we stay in unity. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 14 verse 9 to 11. Isaiah 14. And here we see the fact that death unites every people. The word of the dead eagerly awaits for you all. With great excitement, the spirit of ancient rulers hear about your coming. Each of them will say, now you are just as weak as any of us. When you die, you are as weak as anybody. That's why when you go to the monk, it's the same place. The professor is naked and the illiterate is naked. The rich man is naked and then the poor man is also naked. All of us have the same level. Your casket may be more expensive, but it's still a wooden casket anyway. It will still be eaten up by maggots with time anyway. That's why we need to unite if you have the opportunity. And I believe that this COVID-19 pandemic presents us with a unique opportunity for us to come together, operate together, fellowship together, function together, reason together as one people with one common destiny. Look at what he says. He says, you are just as weak as one of us. Then he says in verse 11, he said, your pride and your music have ended here in the world of the dead. Worms are, worms are your blanket, maggots are your bed. How sir? When you die, all of us, there are some people who sleep on water beds. Others sleep on spring beds. Others sleep on all kinds of things. But listen, when you die, you can't sleep on any of those beds. The Bible says in death, what you use as your covering in death, poor, rich or poor, president or an ordinary person. It says, worms become your blanket and maggots become your bed. Why don't you think that this, this scripture enjoins you to be humble and to relate with one another? It's important. Number five, we need to be united because unity provokes the release of God's blessing, which includes healing and deliverance. That's why we need to be united. The Bible says in Psalms, he said, how good, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. He said, for there God commands his blessing, even life forevermore. Anywhere unity is, the blessings of God are released. And as we unite together as one people, one nation in Ghana, I see the blessing of healing released upon our land. I see the blessing of God released upon this nation. In the name of Jesus, we need to be united for these four reasons. And it's important that we also appreciate what areas we need to unite in these times. What are the important areas we need to unite as a people, as a nation, as a continent at this time. I believe that there are 10 core areas where all of us must come together as a nation in order to defeat this demonic plague. One, is that we must be united in calling upon God continuously to deliver our nation and the nations of the world from this demonic plague. We need to be united. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, will humble themselves, pray, 
turn from their wicked ways. He said, I will hear from heaven. I will hear and I will hear their land. If my people who are called by my name, if my people, one day we are told in scripture in the book of Jonah that the city of Nineveh came under God's judgment. Just like people are predicting, some people are saying, oh, this pandemic is God's judgment upon the nations. I really don't mind whatever it is, but one thing I know that even if it's God's judgment, God is merciful. The Bible says it's of the Lord's mercies we are not consumed for his compassion. Fear not. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. So as a nation, as a people, if we learn to come together and call upon the name of God, just like the city of Nineveh did, Jonah was sent to go and declare God's judgment to the city of Nineveh. And he told them, listen, in three days, God is going to destroy you. In three days, there will be no city called Nineveh. And the Bible says in verse number three, chapter three, verse one to four. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time Go. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh and spoke the word. The Bible says, 40 days, Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk. Then he cried out and said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. This nation will cease to be a nation. Now, when the king heard it, he took the same step our president took from the very initial point of this pandemic. Verse 5. And so the people of Nineveh believed God. And I bet you, if there is a time, there are a lot of people who say they are atheists. Listen, if you are an atheist, I have bad news for you. This is the time to put your faith in God. Because an atheist even believes in something. Those who say they are atheists, when they fall sick, they go to the hospital. Why? Because they believe in the doctor. But this time, if you are an atheist and you go to the hospital, the doctor has not got the answer. The answer rests with God. Jesus is the answer for the world today. That's why the Bible said, when the city of Nineveh heard it, they believed the word. And proclaimed a fast. Faith without works is dead. They proclaim a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. That's the power of unity. All of them came together. And the Bible said they began to call upon God. And it caused to be to be proclaimed. Look at verse 8. Let man or beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. That's what I'm saying. We need to unite and cry mightily to God. I remember that at the initial stage, the, the president declared a fast and all of us fasted and we prayed. But as long as the pandemic is still on, we still need to continue to fast and pray. This is the season. I'm not saying don't eat at all. You must eat, but you must understand that every week that passes by, you have a responsibility to set at least a day aside to fast and pray for God's intervention for our nation and the nations of the world. The Bible says they went on a fast, crying mightily. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? We may not perish. I speak and I prophesy to someone you will not perish. You and your family shall not perish. This nation shall not perish. The nations of the world shall not perish. God, who is merciful, will step in, intervene, and deliver our nation. In the mighty name of Jesus, it was a time of impending danger. It was a time of looming disaster. But when they prayed and saw the face of God, God who, God who sent Jonah 
also sent him back again and redrew his judgment. Even if this pandemic was provoked by God's divine judgment, as some pastors will have us believe, I see our time of fasting and prayer provoking his mercy to nullify judgment. Thank you, Father, for being merciful to the nations. Thank you, Father, for intervening by your mercy. The Bible says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I see God showing mercy to the nations. So we need to pray. Pray without ceasing. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Number two, we must be united in repenting from our sins, turning from our wicked ways and seeking the Lord. We must repent from our sins. We must repent. We can't continue to live our lives the way we used to. We can't continue to legislate that men and women can marry the same way. Men and men can marry. Women and women can marry across the nations like it's happening. No. When Sodom decided to live lives like that, God executed judgment. We need to repent, having pleaded for the mercies of God. And as we are still pleading for God's mercy, we must understand that God's mercy demands repentance. He said, whosoever covereth his sin shall not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and forsaketh shall obtain mercy. This is a time for us, not just to ask for forgiveness, but we need to also desist from evil. We must flee from sin. We must stay away from evil. Sin has wages, and the wages of sin is death. I'm praying that the mercy of God will be extended to you and your household, even as we take practical steps to cleanse yourself and to stay away from evil and from sin. In the mighty name of Jesus. Number three, we must be united in rigorous education of our neighbors and the general populace about the threat we are confronted with as a nation. It's sad if you follow some of our local news. And you see people's attitude to the pandemic and people's be general behavior and response to the pandemic. It's very sad. And it points to one thing. Many people either are uninformed and, or they are simply being careless about their health and the health of their neighbors. But we have a responsibility as a nation. You have a responsibility as an individual. You are on Facebook. You are on the social media platform. You have a responsibility to, to educate someone. This disease is real. It's not fake. Some nations of our world are speculating conspiracy theories that this is fake, the, the numbers are inf inf inflated, and all of those things. I know that maybe in some cases, for whatever reasons, they may infl inflate it. But in our nation, we can at least trust our medical people to be sure that the numbers that are being reported. I have some doctors and nurses in our church, and they, they, the feedback they give me, is that these are real numbers. The people who die are real people. The people who are infected are real people. A thousand plus and counting have been infected in our nation. So it cannot be fake. Things cannot go on as usual. And we need to educate people and let them know there is a real danger there. There is a real threat out there. And that we need to take pragmatic steps. The Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You cannot continue and say you want to have a wedding, you want to have a party, like some people did and have been arrested. And I like the court sentence that gave them 14,000, charged them 14,000 cities or something. I think it should have even been more. Because people need to be disciplined in the way they manage themselves in these seasons. The Bible said, a hypocrite with his mouth destroyed his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. If you are going to be delivered, 
and stay safe as a nation, we must engage in rigorous education. The, the language advertisement must go down to the ordinary man's language. They must translate and translate and make sure that every tribe in this nation understands clearly the danger and the threat this pandemic poses to our very existence as a nation and as a people. And number four, we must be united in keeping social distance and observing religiously all the other established medical protocols required to keep us safe and curtail further spread of the disease. This is critical. The Bible says in Proverbs 22 verse 3, he said, a prudent man foresees danger and takes precautions. We must take precautions. And the precautions we have been told to take are very clear. Wash your hands frequently. When you touch money, wash your hands frequently. As much as possible, deal with cashless money. Use mobile money. Use other means of handling money. And then wash your hands frequently. If you have to touch money or touch places, wash your hands frequently. Use sanitizers. And then now we are told to wear face masks. I believe that if you really care about our lives, if people are well educated and we are, we are not going to be careless with our lives, we wouldn't even need to engage the services of the police and the military to enforce this. Because it has to do with your life. I don't know why some people can just be so rebellious and stubborn. This has to do with your life. You are going to a banking hall, they say, put on a face mask. You are going to a, a shopping mall, put on a face mask. You are coming into public places. Maybe you think that maybe you are immune. You are, you are supernaturally uh, uh, charged. You may not be affected, but other people's lives are at risk. And you have a responsibility, not just to care about yourself, but to care about others. That's why it's important that we need to practice these things. I was sad when I heard in the news in the course of a week of a gentleman who was stabbed by a driver and his mate when he tried to speak to them about keeping social distance in a public transport. They stabbed two people and one unfortunately lost his life. I pray that the law court would let the law take its due course and offer the judgment that is deserving of them. Punish them severely so that they can serve as a deterrent for others. You are putting the lives of people in danger. If you lack the sense, somebody is around you and he seeks to draw your attention and the best you can do was to stab him. An act of barbarism. And he dies. That is not manslaughter. That is murder. Number five. We must be united in offering support rather than unnecessary partisan criticisms to our political leaders so they can remain focused and lead our nation triumphantly in these trying times. It's important that we appreciate that when a leader is leading in crisis, the best you can do for him is to support him and not to criticize him. In crisis, we can make mistakes. In crisis, nobody knows what exactly is the right step to take. But in crisis, that, that's why it's important that in crisis, we don't jump on one another's neck and begin to criticize. I believe that uh, political opponents have a responsibility. But their responsibility must not be misplaced in these times. Their responsibility in these times is not open criticism. I believe that they need to come together 
opening. There is something that is very comforting. When you are in a season of crisis and you see opposing parties come together, it offers hope to the citizen. It, it offers hope to the citizenry. It gives us confidence that our people are working together. Why? Because NDC has some wise men there. MPP has some wise men there. If they learn to come together, work together, rather than openly going on radio and criticizing every move the, uh, the, the ruling government makes, without you frustrate their efforts. They are supposed to be thinking straight. They are supposed to be planning and strategizing. And here you go, lambasting them on radio. How can they be focused? How can they be steadfast in dealing and leading the nation through these trying times? I pray that all hostilities will cease between our political parties. I'm calling for truth through this medium. Let's come together. Let's learn to be united for once. If this nation is destroyed by COVID-19, NDC will cease to exist and people will cease to exist. And likewise, in every other nation, let's learn to come together and fight for our nation because this is the only nation that we have. We need to come together. This is a wrong time to function as Sambalat Otobias. This is not the time to be on one another's neck. People who are your enemies, this is the time to reach out to them in love because whatever is looking for them is also looking for you. May the Lord give us wisdom. May the Lord give us grace to extend forgiveness and love to others in Jesus' matchless name. Number six, we must be united in providing help and support for the poor, the needy, and most vulnerable within our communities. Understand that the lockdown is lifted, but the truth of the matter is that economic life has not fully restored to normalcy. And there are some people who are still going to struggle even with the lockdown lifted. So we still have a responsibility. As long as the pandemic is around, we still have a responsibility to reach out to needy folks around us and be able to help them. The Bible says that the poor will always be in our land. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 11. There will always be some in the land who are poor. There will always be some in the land. New Living Translation said there will always be some in the land who are poor. That is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites indeed. There will always be poor people. Thank God for government poverty alleviation programs. Thank God for IMF and World Bank, whatever alleviation program. But listen, when Jesus came, he didn't eliminate poor people. Right from the Old Testament, poor people have always been around and they will always be around. Why? Because poverty is a choice. It's not just a curse, it's a choice that people make. And when somebody makes a choice to be poor, you can't have the person. So there will always be poor people around us. But for you as a child of God, poor people are opportunities for increase for you. The Bible says, whosoever giveth to the poor, lendeth to the Lord. And that which he has lended, God will repay him again. The Bible says, whosoever giveth to the poor shall not lack. That's why we need to find ways of reaching out to needy people. I don't want you to see yourself as needy in these times. Take steps in whatever capacity you are in. Whatever small donation you can. Make it available to help other people. You may be poor, but I challenge you there are people who are poorer than you. And as long as you are, you are richer than somebody by comparison, you have a responsibility to reach out and be a blessing. That's why as a church, we have set up a special relief fund that is distributing food and food items to needy communities around us and to some of our needy church members. Take 
the opportunity, take the advantage of this relief fund and be a part of what God is doing. Reach out to someone. The Bible said, blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will sustain him in times of affliction. The Lord will keep him alive. As you seize this opportunity and as you put smiles on the faces of people who hitherto would have been sad and be crying, I see God give you overflowing joy in the mighty name of Jesus. Number seven, we must be united in using subsidized utilities such as water and electricity prudently. We must, we must. We must be united in using the utilities that have been subsidized. Water and electricity has been subsidized. 50% for all consumers and then 100% for lifeline users. And this is good. As we commend our government, we must understand that this is not free. The, pro the electricity generated from Akosombo and from the thermal plants are not free. They use gas, they use money. And so if it comes to you free, 50% or 100%, you must understand that someone will pay for it eventually. And I want you to know that that someone is you and myself. We are the same people who eventually, when the pandemic is over, will be paying for it. That's why we need to be prudent in how, to, how we are using it. If you don't need water, don't waste it. If you don't need electricity, don't leave your TV on while you are in the kitchen and the TV is on. Wasting electricity, no. The things you don't need, put them off. Let's save energy. Because eventually when this pandemic is over, the cumulative economic cost will come to all of us. We are going to have to pay for it. And that is why we need to be prudent. God hates wasters. When Jesus fed the thousands of people, when he finished feeding them, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments. The moment you begin to live a life of waste, you are almost the same as a lazy person. The Bible says that he that is slothful in his work is a brother to him that is a great waster. When you are a waster, you and a lazy man are the same. And you know the end of a lazy man. The end of a lazy man is poverty. Likewise, the end of a waster. May we not waste our own resources. In the name of Jesus. Listen, the economic cost of this pandemic is heavy. Ideally, the president should have just given us ample time for us to track the disease and be able to control it. But when he looks at the economic cost, it's so hard that he had to lift up the ban at a certain point in time. And as heavy as it is, if you continue to continue, if you go ahead, wasting the resources that are at our disposal, we'll be increasing our cost even much more. And that means we are going to make our ability to recover after the pandemic is over even much more difficult. I pray that we would hear the voice of wisdom. We will hear the voice of counsel and use our resources prudently. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. As you do so, may the Lord bless you and keep you and your family. Number seven, we must be united in demonstrating empathy and offering emotional support to persons infected with the disease and their families. It's sad. Every time I hear news of stigmatization of people who have been victimized, People who are in hospitals where the disease is being managed. I heard one story of a nurse whose uh, landlord is threatening to dismiss her or sack, evict her from the house because she's working in a hospital where the disease is being managed. How sad. How sad. How barbaric. This is a person who is risking her health for the help of others. 
The best you can do is to show them support. The best you can do is to commend and to encourage them. People have gone through the disease, gone through it, and they almost lost their lives. And if God gave them the opportunity to live, you have not suffered the disease. The best you can do is to show empathy. The best you can do is to show them love. The best you can do is to let them know that there is a reason for them to move on. This is not the time for us to shy away. There was a story in the news of a woman whose husband got infected and she herself has become almost like an accursed thing. She says when she goes to the pharmacy shop, people are not ready to sell to her. She's going to a hair saloon and nobody wants to attend to her as if she herself was a victim. How sad. How sad. I believe that the attitude of stigmatizing infected person, like I said on Wednesday, is ungodly, is barbaric and cruel. And it's time that we stop it. Because you never know, you see, what you make happen for others, God make happen for you. So, if you go ahead stigmatizing others, you may not know how. With all the protection, I bet you Satan can smuggle it into your house. And when it gets to you, you will know what it means to go through it. People are going through a lot in these times. The best we can do is to not to visit them because we have to keep social distance. Send them a text. I'm praying with you. I'm wishing you well. We know we are in this together. We know you will come out stronger and better than before. That's how a Christian behaves. That's how a child of God behaves. That's how a good citizen behaves. I pray that you will learn to be more merciful, more kind, and more empathic to others who are going through these seasons. Number nine, we must be united in cooperating with our healthcare workers as they work under risky conditions tirelessly to bring relief and healing to those affected with the disease. This is not the time to make healthcare workers their work difficult. Their work has already been complicated by the virus. Don't make it extra more difficult. Their work is difficult. Their PPEs are limited. Their labs are limited. They are dealing with overwhelming numbers. They are working night and day. They are working tired. The least you can do is to be supportive. Don't go giving them headache. Don't go defile, defiling their, de defying their orders. Don't go arguing with them. This is the time for us to give them maximum cooperation. So, their work will be much easier. This is not the time for us to be making prank calls. This is the time for us to desist from all sad behaviors. This is not the time for us to be lying about our travel history. This is not the time to lie about your symptoms. Because every time you go to the hospital and you have the symptoms and you lie about it, you are putting the risk of the healthcare personnel at risk. Not just his life at risk, but the life of his family and all other people whose lives or all other persons who may be sick and may be needing of their services. I pray that we will learn to walk in wisdom in these times. Number 10, finally, we must be united in cooperating with security and law enforcement agents mandated to ensure the enforcement of social distancing protocols in our markets and other places. We know that the lockdown has been lifted, but assemblies, I know of Kumasi and some other assemblies, are working together to make sure that they marshal and put together some police men and soldiers to still go around and help enforce it. I really believe that if we would just be responsible for once, this would not have even been necessary. Why must somebody come and enforce you, enforce or put a follow up on you 
or enforce an order designed to protect your life. If you just learn to be wise for once, you won't need protection. Nobody needs to tell you put on a face mask if you are going into public. If you don't have the disease, you don't know the person you are meeting, he may have it. That's why when you are going to public places, you need to do it. And yet, because some people are just too crazy, these people have to be released on the streets again. And we have a responsibility to cooperate with them. The Bible enjoins us, Romans chapter 13, verse 1 to 2. Romans 13, 1 to 2. He says, everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And they will be punished. Hear me. The police are not on the street to just harm anybody. They are after those who are rebellious and recalcitrant. And that's why we need to cooperate with them. Let's not send viral videos of things that they have not done. Viral videos of alleged police brutalities that are long past. People are sharing them on social media just to disgrace them and make their work difficult. Listen, we need to be serious for once as a nation. Let's be concerned about our lives. Let's be concerned about this nation. Let's put the love of nation and country first before any other selfish and ulterior motives. And I believe that as we unite around the Ghana flag, as we unite around the flag of our various nations, as we unite among us as families, as tribes, and as we learn to speak the same thing, mind the same thing, observe the same protocols, God, who commands his blessing, which includes health and healing, that God will intervene in this season. I prophesy to you, you and your family shall be safe. I declare and decree that no one around you shall lose their lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, our nation will come out stronger. Our nation will come out bigger. Our nation will come out better. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Spirit of God. Bow down your heads and pray with me and say, Lord, unite the heart of this nation. Unite the heart of our leaders. Unite the heart of everyone that is connected to this nation. Unite the heart of nations in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' precious name. Maybe you're watching me at this time. You don't know Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Let me say, Pastor, I want to be born again. I want to give my heart to the Lord. I want to be made a brand new creature. I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. I admit I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. I believe that Jesus died for me. I confess with my mouth that he rose again for my redemption. By faith, I believe I'm saved. I'm a child of God. I receive grace to live for you and to honor you. In Jesus' matchless name. Amen. If you truly pray that prayer from your heart, I want you to know you are saved. You are now a child of God. You are a new creature. You have become a bona fide child of God. And no weapon of the enemy fashioned against you shall prosper. I want to help you to be able to live this life and to walk in victory all the days of your life. Send us an email. Send us a WhatsApp. Use the number, the, the
the email on the screen and then send us an email. We want to reach out to you and be able to guide you in your walk with God. The Lord bless you and keep you. And we look forward to seeing you on our next broadcast while we continue this teaching series. The Lord bless you keep you. I trust that this series is being a great blessing to your life. This particular teaching, I want you to share it with as many people as possible. On whichever social media platform you are on, on Instagram, on WhatsApp, anywhere people are that you are, make sure you share it with them. Let them hear it so that our behavior and our attitude can be reformed so that our, our fight, our quest to defeat this virus will become a great success in no time. The Lord bless you. Till I see you on Wednesday, the Lord bless you. Stay blessed knowing that I love you from the very bottom of my heart. You are blessed and deeply loved. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory success and limitless prosperity to get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by pastor afuakwa please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com get interactive with pastor afuakwa on facebook twitter and instagram you can also visit our website at www.faithhousechapel.com for any further information. Log on and be part of our power-packed online services live every Sunday for our celebration service at 9am and every Wednesday for our discovery service at 7pm on Facebook and YouTube using the handle Faith House Charismatic Chapel International. God richly bless you. Hey!